0: Hello, hello! <laughs> I am Nicole DeBoom. Welcome to the She Runs It podcast, where my co-host Sarah Ratsliff, will be joining and is here. Sarah, hi! I'm
1: you here. We made it on to our first we're live ever live
0: podcast. Can you believe we're live? Oh, no,
1: I'm so nervous.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. why are you nervous? What's why because so it's nervous? live.
1: We can't edit anything out.
0: I do mean, not that we money? normally
1: do. No, we really don't. We really don't. But there's always that opt, you know, that option. Just yeah, there case, is always that option. You really flub it.
0: It kind of yeah. takes like a little bit of the edge off. Like we can be total idiots, say really ridiculous things, and yeah. edit them out. But here's what happens: we do that anyway, and then we don't I edit know. it out.
1: It's true. I don't, yeah, that's true. I don't actually even know how to edit. That, that's your well, job. today,
0: so so we're super busy. Like you've been um, hitting me with texts and, and to-do lists up to like four oh, minutes goodness. ago. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we gotta go live. Like we have this whole audience that we told about the show and they're all gonna be on right now. We do I have know. a few people who are already watching. I'm so excited. They're not really watching, they're listening though, right? They're listening, Yeah. Um, so today we have a really awesome guest.
1: I know. I'm so excited.
0: I think, like, I might have a crush on our guest today.
1: Do you? Can you? Really- oh, I do. I love her. She's like my new bestie. We just we just met. I've been watching her for the last two to three years. And then she was just in one of our recent photo shoots. And that was the first time I met her. And I feel like we've been lifelong friends. I love her. well.
0: You know, the crazy thing is this mystery crush that we're talking about is the inimitable Jill Angie, a powerhouse in the world of women's running, not just women's running, like Mm -hmm. women's
1: empowerment,
0: women in general. Yes. And um, what's really funny is you did this photo shoot where you directed and she was in it. And I kept Mm -hmm. texting you. I'm like, can you please send me the selfie? You had to have taken a selfie. With you and Jill. Mm-hmm. And you were like, sorry, I didn't.
1: <laughs> so I know. We just, we well,
0: Jill change. may have
1: some. She's you know what? She's better at that than I am. I'm not great with the photography.
0: Well, here's the deal. I mean, Jill, she's she just is used to living a life in the spotlight now because of everything she's done, which we're gonna talk about here in a she's second. She's famous. Now she's,
1: she's famous. famous. She's famous. I don't even know.
0: Like, are you nervous
1: to talk to her today? No, are you? No, I'm excited. I,
0: I'm not because I mean she's famous but she's so beautiful. and that's what I think everybody's going to get out of this is that, she's so
1: approachable. I love yeah. it.
0: Yeah, all the well, way down to the business she started called Not Your Average Runner. Jill mm-hmm. is anything but average. And guess what? I see her. She has joined yeah. the podcast. Should we bring her
1: on Jill you there? We should.
2: I'm I here.
0: Hi, hi.
1: Jill. Can you hear me?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All
0: right. Awkward silence. (laughs) Jill, we are absolutely so excited to talk to you today because we are just like putting this world of women's empowerment into hyperdrive right now. We have so much going on between the three of us.
2: Yes. And I I think this is the first time the three of us have actually been like in conversation together, much less on a podcast. So this is like an epic day. It's
0: totally epic. It really is. Yes. It's epic for everyone. And you want to know something really cool? Um, There are... Whoa, there's audio effects.
1: Uh
0: (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Did you just say something funny?
1: Stop it. <laughs> oh, I want to do this live all the time. That's fun. I think you're the only one that gets to control that, right? Oh yeah. I think so. I think so. Oh no. I just saw it. I have it on mine. <laughs> you do oh my God, we're in trouble, you guys. Oh no. Oh no. Wait. <laughs> There's like a this gift may- or something on here.
2: I must. A comedy of errors today. I don't have um, enough golden well, beans to
1: send a gift, so. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I got denied. Golden beans. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is that like Bitcoin? We're oh, uh, sorry. The cheering really goes on. Really?
0: If you hit cheering, it just keeps going. And maybe Oh, my maybe goodness. We should just Let's only do that one at the very end. All right, you guys. How cool is this? Um, But, you know, we did come here today, not just to talk about how cool it is to be on a live podcast, but to talk about the theme of the show, which is what we think about ourselves matters. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of it's a follow up to last week's show, which was what we say to ourselves matters. So we thought Jill, you'd be the perfect guest for this because not only are you like a running coach and and an empowerment person in general, you're also basically a mindset coach.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. I have many thoughts about this.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, do you want to kick it off? Do you want to get started? Um, or do you want me to? Want, I am happy to prompt
1: us. Well, I want to know from Jill because she is such a, a mindset coach, how much when you're working with your clients, would you say that their mindset, what they think about themselves, how they how they talk to themselves really affects their ability to be successful? I mean, you're working that day to day. How much of that do you see?
2: Um, I mean, it's like a hundred percent for sure. Cause I think when we, when we, think negatively about ourselves or even just you know we have a lot of times we have these thoughts that seem so kind of either true or inconsequential just like oh you know like I'm really fat and I wish my belly were smaller whatever like just these little thoughts that we have that just seem very normal and neutral to us like the the accumulation of that kind of thinking really like lowers our emotional state and when we're in you know when we're feeling excited and we're we're feeling motivated and determined we we take a lot of action like you know going out for our training runs you know speaking in the context of uh, the clients that i work with we go out for our training runs or we maybe push ourselves a little bit harder when we're you know when we're struggling versus when we think to ourselves like oh god i'll never figure this out or i'm so slow i'm not a real runner right then our emotional state is more like discouraged and defeated and from that place we don't really show up for ourselves the way we want to so our thoughts i mean this is what i teach in in all of my classes is that the the way we think in our brain which is basically what we're saying to ourselves the way we talk to ourselves the thoughts that we have in our minds inform our emotions and our emotions drive all of our actions. So if we're struggling to get out there and do our training runs, it's usually starting because of something we are
1: thinking about ourselves. You know, um, when I was in my early twenties, I did like a lot of therapy, like a lot, (laughs) like five (laughs) solid years of therapy. And I remember, um, one of the biggest things I really realized or I, my, you know, I I would go in and obviously when you're younger, you also, your, your coping skills and your understanding of the world are not the same as when you're older. Um, but I would go in and I would, I, it, it was, I would have these thoughts and I thought that the thoughts I had were reality, right? So because I feel lonely, because I feel sad, because I feel, you know, unhappy with myself, that is reality. And I remember my therapist really saying like, Hey, you can have a thought, but that's, actually your perception not reality and we worked a lot that was the first time I really realized oh just because I think that doesn't mean it's true and then I would like she taught me how to like pick it apart right so here's your thought but then look at the evidence that supports that like are you really do people really not like you do people really not you know and then I and then I could see and I I still use that technique to today of Mm -hmm. like you know, you'll get those thoughts, you'll be down on yourself. And then I'm like, okay, I just felt that. And I thought that that's cool. But what, what's really happening behind the scenes, you know, because it, it's, it is, it's so key to how we live, live our lives. And, and now I can have those thoughts and kind of move through my day and, and be okay. Um, but, you know, back then I, I didn't because I didn't have that, that skill. So I just wanted to add that because I think it's, um, it's so important that we're aware of how we talk to ourselves really changes our perception.
2: Well, it's like, you know, that old saying, don't believe everything you hear. I always say, don't Mm -hmm. believe everything you think, (laughs)
1: right? (laughs) Yes. It's so true. Yeah. There's, um, have you guys seen, there's a Netflix, um, it's it's Rose. What is her name? She's like this eighties, um, like Olivia Newton, John ish. Have you guys, have you guys seen it? There's, She's like a housewife, but then she ends up like getting into aerobics um, and and fitness and all this stuff. And I think I just watched season one of it. Um, I wish I could remember the name of it, but it's fascinating because you get to hear her inner dialogue and she is literally cutting herself down the entire time. Like she tells herself terrible. Oh, she's I think she's bulimic. And that is what like when she's stressed about life, she'll go like hide in a hotel room and buy like massive amounts of burgers and fries. And she's got like an entire ritual and everything around it. It's fascinating because when I watched it, I was like, Oh, that's a little what my inner monologue sounds like to hear it on TV is really eye opening, you know? Yeah. So, well, and I, I think
2: I've seen that it's called physical, right? It's on Apple mm-hmm. TV. That's it. I, I think it just goes to show that like, like it doesn't really matter what your body looks like because yes. your thoughts are separate. Right. And, and yes. she's got this absolutely, what most people would say is, Oh, she's got the perfect body, right? She's very traditionally thin and, and all mm-hmm. of that. And yet she still has all of these like super negative thoughts. And so it it's like, that's just the most beautiful evidence that our thoughts
1: are so uh, unrelated to re- Hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, because you you watch her and you're like, wait, that's what I want it to look like. But yet you're still not. You're still not OK. with like, Yeah, it, it's really eye opening. I think it was it was interesting to see that on TV. So you'll have to watch that, too, Nicole, if you haven't seen it.
0: I have not. But now I really want to. And yeah, somehow we're giving them like a huge
1: call out. I we are. We are. You know- Rose Byrne, that's her name.
0: You know what's the really coming up for me is this idea of control. And, uh, you know, it's like, we have these thoughts, but a lot of the times they're about things we can't control anyway. Or mm-hmm. like if I, I'm, I'm going to give my personal example from back in the day when I was a pro triathlete. Right. So I, uh, I was racing at the highest level in the world. You would think I was super, you know, happy with my body, with my physical state, but I would always look in the mirror and look at my thighs and I would always think my thighs are too big. Is that so screwed up, right? Because here's what happens at the end of the day. You need big, strong thighs in order to get you through like triathlons and Ironmans mm-hmm. and you to- Finish, but I was using words that in my mind were saying negatively. And the reason I even thought that is because I was playing the freaking comparison game, right? Mm-hmm. So I was looking at all the other triathletes who were more, came more from a running background than a swimming background, and their builds were just different than me. And so you know, I think like, well, yeah, I could probably control this and try to make my thighs smaller, but would that really help me in the end? Like, what the hell? Where is this really coming from? Is this coming from me comparing to someone else? Is this coming from me wanting to adhere to some, you know, beauty standard that society has decided to set out? You know, I'm not mm-hmm. honestly like it, it, it comp- It really confused me for a long time and made me not feel good about myself. And the reason I'm sharing this story is because there came a time when I realized that I was winning races that were really hard races, like lots of hills and really challenging. And um, it hit me that my strength as a triathlete was in my strength. And Mm -hmm. so that strength, came and started really from my thighs. And so my thighs, instead of being something I thought about negatively, one day I had this thought where it just clicked. And I was like, my thighs are like my freaking secret weapon. My Mm -hmm. big thighs are what helps me win races. So there's something in there where you have this thought about yourself that's negative. And at some point you need to either like, just get rid of that thought or reframe it to positive. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you
2: guys, do you relate to that at all? Well, so it's interesting. Yes. I 100% relate to that. And I, I'm always fascinated by how much value we place on body size in our society because I think like that's the least interesting thing about a person is the the shape of their body and the size of their body and yet we've we've got it like it's so deeply deeply ingrained into our society that like I think back to when I was a kid. I mean, I I question everything in my life. I by age three, I was like Santa Claus. No, that's not possible. Like I had all the evidence lined up. I'm like, I was just knocking him out of the park. I mean, my parents took me to church. I'm like, I don't know, God. I don't. I just don't think it's possible, right? Like I had. So I questioned absolutely everything, but I never once questioned the belief that thinner is better. And I think that, like, I questioned God. When that's pretty deeply ingrained in our society, but I never questioned that thinner is better. And so I think that that's how, that's how, um, and it is with who we are. And I don't, I guess I don't really understand where it came from, because I think from an evolutionary perspective, bigger used to be better, because, <laughs> right? Like it meant you had right. bigger thighs meant you could outrun the saber toothed tiger and all of that. But so, so I think it, like, it's a matter of questioning your thinking and then also maybe giving yourself a, little, a space to say, well, of course I'm comparing myself to other people. I've been taught this from the second I came out of the womb, and it's just going to take me a while to unlearn this. Um, but yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying, Nicole. It just, it makes perfect sense. Well,
0: and can, you know, is there, are there times though when we, com- when comparing ourselves to other people is not a bad thing you know or in business or is that a can it be a competitive thing that can help you actually succeed or is it always something we want to cut out of our lives
2: yeah i mean i i like to look at other people and say oh that's an example of what's possible and if she can do that maybe i can do that and and use it to inspire myself forward but never to to beat myself up and to be clear, I still do it. I catch myself saying like, Oh, all right. Well, you know, comparing yourself to this person that's thinner than you does it. She's thinner. Her doesn't make her any better than you. And, you know, I have to like remind myself, but I do think comparison is helpful in that it can inspire us to, to go further ourselves. But yeah, when, when we're using it to sort of find evidence that we suck (laughs) and maybe not so
0: much. (laughs) Totally okay, you're right. So Sarah, do you have any of those like I used to think this and I was able to somehow flip it.
1: Examples? Yeah, I, you know, um, I think the last five years for me as I've been um, a business owner um, on my own, um, has really tested my my mental, fitness in, in a number of ways, because, um, I've really been on a journey of like, okay, who am I, what am I here for? What am I doing? I've had so many surprises along the way of, um, whether it's been failures or successes or opportunities. Um, so I've really had to dig deep. I'm in the first year of owning my own business and essentially failing, um, Was really difficult and I had to look at I mean I know we always make fun of my talks about persistence and keep showing up but literally that was it was like the only thing that got me that got me through was like this belief if I just keep taking a step forward I swear it's going to work out you know and five years later I can say it has Um, but you know through that I really did have to flip this like absolute fear of failure. I'm not going to make it. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not any of these things. And then really like looking around and saying, okay, wait, I'm still here. The world has not collapsed around me. I'm alive. I'm breathing. I have, you know, people that it's, it was that it's, it's really, I think taking a look at what's really, what's the evidence of, of, that supports your negative belief. And if it's not there, then you need to change that belief. So that's really, I think it's that, I think it's stopping it. When you have, when you're saying something mean to yourself, when you have a negative feeling, it's saying, wait, you said that to yourself, but is it really, is it really true, you know, and breaking it apart. I think that is so key to really transforming the way that you think about yourself and it's, and it's practice, right? So the first time it can feel uncomfortable, I think the key is just identifying that the thought occurred first, right? Maybe you don't know how to solve it. Maybe you don't know how to break it down. Maybe you don't know how to change it. But identification, I think is the real first step to saying, hold on, I don't want to believe that about myself. Um, so let me think about why I said that to myself. And, and then, you know, where do you go from there? That That's kind of what I think is, is your first step in in transforming how you feel about yourself? I don't know. Do you guys think the same or Jill? You weigh in on this. Oh, I love this so much. Yeah, I
2: I have like a little question that I always say. But what if you're wrong about that? Right when I start to get down <laughs> on myself, I'm like, but what if you're wrong about that? And then I'll and then like it starts. It turns my brain from looking for evidence that you know, my life is, is ending right to Mm -hmm. looking for evidence that like, Oh, maybe things aren't so bad. And it kind of like, it just turns things around from there. And it's not even like a, no, you have to believe differently. It's just like, Hmm, what if I'm wrong about that? What would that look
1: like? Yes. Like opening up to the possibilities. Like, I mean, there's so many things that we've done in our lives. Like, I mean, you know, Jill, you have your own, coaching business. And I, you know, I didn't know this until we spent time together at, at the photo shoot that, you know, you were in corporate America too. So like you didn't change, you weren't who you are now always. It, it was a transformation that, that happened, I'm sure. And even though you were probably questioning everything throughout your whole, your whole life, but you know, there's this, it, it is, it's like change um, will happen Um, over time. So you must have had some beliefs that that you couldn't do what you're doing now um, that you questioned, I'm guessing, or maybe not. I don't know how that go for you. Oh, no, totally. So
2: I think I was really unhappy in my corporate job, but I and my marriage at the same time, but I had a belief like this is the career I've chosen. This is the marriage that I've chosen. And I just have to like ride it out for the rest of my life. And, and I think like, it wasn't like one day I woke up and said, oh, I've changed all my opinions, but it was just like these little bits of like, well, maybe I could do something different. What might that look like? What, what would just something slightly different look like? And I started just kind of cracking the door open and I probably took, I don't know, let's see. I started, it was 2006. I can tell you exactly when I started thinking about uh, choosing another job it was 2006 my mom passed away and she, she, you know, left my brother and sister and I with all of her stuff. (laughs) um, I mean, all, all of it. And so we kind of divided a lot of it up, but she had a lot of collectibles. And so this is, I promise there's a point to this. So I started, uh, I was like, what am I going to do with all these Franklin mint plates, like all these collectibles. And so I started selling them on eBay and, Mm -hmm. I noticed that I had a lot of fun creating the listings and selling things, and it, it like just opened up this door that, okay, well, I don't love my job, but I actually do like listing things on eBay. Maybe <laughs> this is a different thing that I could do, and I like explored it for a little while, and I I did more and more of it. I was like, no, this is not a thing I want to do <laughs> full time. Uh huh. But like the 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 window had been cracked open and then I could suddenly, I started noticing that there are other things that like people do things other than spend their entire lives in a career. People change careers, people start businesses in their forties. Like it it just really cracked things open for me. So I think that it it wasn't like a huge epiphany. It was just more of a, Hmm, what if there's Mm -hmm. another option? And and i think and then it took seven years for me to actually quit my job and and open my business but i think like not expecting overnight results is is super helpful too like if you think oh i'm just going to wake up one day and i'm going to be different like that is not how it works <laughs>
0: well, and Jill this is like so hard because sarah and i and you live in the world of starting lines and finishing lines like we are all about the next start line and getting to the next finish line. So like to just kind of move into something without that specific goal is hard, but Mm -hmm. when you don't know what the goal is, you can't go gung ho. So it's a patience thing. It's, it's, You know, it's about sort of that concept of
2: taking a leap of faith, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I never thought of it that way, though, that we live in the world of start lines and finish lines. My brain is exploding a little bit right now. You
0: guys, I had this other thought while we've been ruminating on this. Um, I think sometimes when your head goes into overdrive, I heard this somewhere and I don't even know where and, and I love it. It's the idea of, first of all, today's kids won't even know what this means because (laughs) they take in their entertainment in different ways than we did, but change the channel, change the Mm -hmm. state. So if you're in that mindset, that's just negative thought spiral, change the station, change the channel. If you can literally imagine a knob on an old school TV or even a newer school TV with a remote where you, we had
1: had one of those living in the farm in Kansas, a little black and white (laughs) turned around with the rabbit ears. You know, and it
0: takes a minute to walk up to the TV and turn the knob, but then you're on a different Mm -hmm. station. It's a different energy and there's a different voice talking to you. And I just wonder if we could like
1: figure out, how to do that in our own heads, you know, come up with. Well, your- Nicole, yeah. we've actually dedicated an entire summit to figuring out how to change the channel in your head.
0: Right. You are right. You know, we just didn't market it that way, but we're going to now <laughs> starting right now.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and that's part of why we're all talking here too. We wanted to to, to talk about the beautiful summit that's coming up where we're so, we just, we realized we need to talk to women about how to, how to talk to yourself better, how to look at what you're saying to yourself, how to, like, that's really the start of any change that you want to see in your life, or just even increased happiness, really, and, and satisfaction with your life is talking to yourself differently, acknowledging yourself differently, respecting yourself in the way that you would respect others. So I think that's really why we've, we've gathered together this amazing group of women, including Jill um, to talk about, to, to cr- we've created, I think a space and time to really dedicate time to talk to women about um, how, how we're talking to ourselves. And then I think that's the, it's that's like instigate we're instigating. Um a start of change so we really wanted to I think invite everyone who's listening to come to come to that um, and and give you a chance to I don't know think about yourself think about how you want to be and, and really give you some great women inspirational women to to lead the way
0: I- well yeah it, it's about giving yourself, different tools at different times in your life. Because the one thing we've been talking about today is change. We don't stay the same. You may have done some deep soul-searching work 15 years ago. Well, guess what? That was 15 years ago. You're different now. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: uh, it's never a bad time to do some self-discovery, to rediscover who you are and like redefine yourself in today's age. Just like we're talking about changing the channel and the knob on a TV. I mean, things move fast. And we're living in a world that is absolutely insane at the moment. You could do Mm -hmm. this exercise probably every year for the rest of your life. And it's just about really tapping into who you are today and embracing her and finding Mm -hmm. love for her to move forward and to realign your life. Because what comes from this is a reassessment of your own ecosystem, right? What's Mm -hmm. working for me? What's not working for me? Let's get rid of the stuff that's not working for me and add more of what is. And that's what I think this um, the beautiful summit, which is on October 22nd and 23rd, is gonna do for people. It's gonna help them align their lives with who they are today. So Jill, and that's a big lead up. You are actually our final keynote speaker for the event. And um, you know, you just have, there's so much that you can say about these different topics. And uh, I'm not gonna tease exactly what your talk is because we need people to come to the summit and listen to it. But um, I'd love to hear your take on what about the summit appeals to you.
2: Well, besides everything, (laughs) Um, I mean, I I just think that events like this are necessary because we receive so much messaging as, you know, as humans that identify as female or uh, even non-binary, like we receive so much messaging about our worthiness and how it's, how it's tied to either our relationship status or our, our perceived physical beauty or our, how much money we make. or we, we receive so much messaging that our worth as humans is tied to very external factors that are often not under our control. And I think it's important to have events like this so that we can sort of clap back at that type of messaging and, and make it clear that, you know, we are all beautiful and that beautiful, beautiful has nothing to do with the, the meat suit (laughs) that you're walking around the world in, right. To be, to be crass or the amount of money in your bank account or, or whether or not you're partnered up with somebody, right. That like, that beauty has nothing to do with that. And, and to kind of like teach people how to, you know, how to own their own beauty and how to see themselves as beautiful. Cause I do think that like, once you look at yourself, yourself and, you know, have a, an opinion of yourself that like, wow, I'm worthy. Wow. I'm beautiful. Wow. I'm, I'm, you know, this awesome human, right. That sort of radiates outward, but it has to start with us. And we can't really depend on anybody else to give us that validation. It has to come from ourselves. So I think that that's like just the entire message of this whole summit is helping women start to make that shift?
1: Absolutely.
0: I feel like a pretty damn empowered woman, you know, like paving my way in this world. But then I, I, sometimes I look at what my daughter and the kids of today, what, what tools they're getting to work with. We went to a back to school night as parents uh, a a month ago when school started and, one of the parents said, what's counseling? Because that's like a class that they take now. And the teacher's yeah. like, it's like when, you know, they teach kids how to be better friends and they learn how to be compassionate and they learn how to share and, you know, uh, let their energy out in ways that are productive. And the the parent was a dad and he goes, God, I wish I had that in fourth grade.
1: Uh- <laughs> it was so amazing, oh,
0: <laughs> right and you know i mean wilder came home from school yesterday with this little sheet of paper and it had four things on it and the question was what what do you do when you're feeling sad how do you handle that and i remember two of them and they were take a deep breath and think happy thoughts and Aww. i was like god could it really be that simple Maybe we don't even need a summit. <laughs> we
1: just need. Oh no, well, that's things. what we'll just do in the summit. We'll take a deep breath and think happy thoughts. I mean, you I know, think like if
2: that. you're taught that though, when you're when you're young, if you're taught from the very beginning that you can change your thinking, then yeah, like you don't need a summit. But we're not. <laughs> right, we we're old. We're children moodle. of the seventies. We were taught <laughs> to just shut up and carry on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, so true. It's well, so true.
1: She- I know.
2: Oh, go ahead, oh, Sarah. Go ahead. No,
1: go ahead, Nicole.
0: I was going to say, Jill, you saw the other speakers in the lineup. Are you like
2: dying to listen to them or what? Uh, I mean, 100%. I, in particular, I can't wait to see, Ka- Ka- can't wait to he- hear, oh my gosh, um, Kara Goucher speak because I've been a fan of hers for many, many years. And um, just the, the chance to like see her and maybe even interact a little bit is very exciting to me you know i
0: she's just like a perfect um example of someone who's had to redefine through the different chapters of her life you know under a big spotlight, yeah. with mm-hmm. lots of people criticizing her every move so you know we think we have it bad sometimes imagine when you are an olympian and everything you do is just looked at by the public and picked apart so it'll be interesting to hear what that kind of pressure does to somebody.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally for sure. Because I do think about, um, you know, any, any woman that I look up to and admire that's in the public eye, I always think, I wonder how much BS she has to deal with behind the scenes uh, just just because she exists, <laughs> just because, you know, she dares to be successful. So... Um, yeah, I can, I can only imagine. I'm, I'm really looking forward to to hearing her speak and everybody really, I always love listening to Myrna Valerio speak. She's such a great speaker and she's just such a joy to be around. So I'm um, especially looking forward to Myrna's as well.
1: Well, and you know, I'm sitting here thinking like how often we really have created kind of a, a one of a kind experience of bringing these powerhouse women together and, Giving you know our audiences a chance to to hear from so many so many different women in in our our similar space, but I mean, how often do you get to hear Kira Goucher? How often do you get to you know hear Myrna or Jill, Yu or Nicole? I mean, you know, there are some. Um, I know everyone kind of speaks in in maybe local um, groups or things like that, but to really get to bring everyone together is kind of amazing in in my opinion so
0: you know it it truly is and and one of the things that you know this might be a good sort of wrapping question for jill is when you're an expert in something people expect you to be perfect at that right so like, if you're a psychiatrist, you can't have any mental health issues.
1: <laughs> if you're, you know what, if you're a dentist, your teeth better be freaking perfect. Just um, so you know, I did work in the mental health space before um, my career now and everyone in the mental health space is in it because they have a thousand, they're actually probably the worst, <laughs> they have more problems in the world. I just wanted to put that out there. So go Um, ahead with
0: what you were saying. Well, you know, so like to be someone who has many skills, but say mindset coaching is one of them, like it's got to feel sometimes like you have to seem like you don't have any issues in that area. So Jill, how, how do you, how do you approach that?
2: (laughs) Just (laughs) Laughing, thinking about the many issues. (laughs) So many issues. I mean, I think that our our beliefs about ourselves are a work in progress. And when you – I mean, I spent 40 years hating on my body. So, you know, the fact that I've spent 10 years feeling pretty good about it, that's only 25% of my time. So it's not as ingrained as you might think it would be. So on a daily basis, I – you know I'll catch sight of myself in the mirror and I'll be like Ugh. and then I'm like wait no stop that's not what we want to think about ourselves right so I'm able to reframe um but yeah like those thoughts they still they still pop up it's just that I choose not to believe them anymore and i mean even i have a kind of a funny story um i've i so i have a really big butt and I have, it's genetic. Part of it's genetic. It runs in my family, but I like constantly knocking stuff over with my, with my butt. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's comical, right? Like, but also I'm just like, Oh God, I can't believe I knocked this over. I can't believe I knocked that over. And so I felt like I was always apologizing for my butt. And then one day I saw this, um, this like YouTube video or TikTok or something. And it was this really pretty dog, like a golden retriever just knocked everything off of a table with her tail and was like grinning from ear to ear. And I know that dogs technically don't grin and then I'm anthropomorphizing, but this dog was grinning and very proud of herself. And I just had this moment. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I don't have to be embarrassed of my butt. I can be proud of my butt. Like, you know, cause it's like, all right. Yeah. Like genetically it's, it's, tends to be on the juicier side but it's also the result of like a lot of things that I love like squats and running and deadlifts and cupcakes and Cheetos and like (laughs) like I I, like it was like a shift in my brain that like oh I don't need to apologize for having a big butt I can actually be proud of it and so I would say probably 80% of the time I look at my butt I'm like look at you look at you you're glorious but like 20% (sighs) of the time I'm like oh gosh there you are again. I need to make you smaller. And then I just have to remind myself, no, 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 that's not the way we're thinking anymore. So it's just like a, a constant reminder. So yeah, it's not like when you do this work, there's, there's no end point. There is, it's the opposite of a finish line. It's just like an ultra marathon that never ends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just keeps going and going.
0: You know what? I'd have to say, this is, this is what we say. This is how we feel about our butts. Ready? Uh (laughs) that was supposed to be fanfare I don't know um but hey I love it you choose not to believe those thoughts anymore you reframed something that you used to be embarrassed about or I mean it is funny like the way you tell that story is very funny but I'm sure in the moment it wasn't as funny
2: yeah. I mean I've had a lot of moments where I've been like, oh my God, I did it again. I knocked something over with my butt. And now now right. <laughs> and it And now it is funny to me in the moment. I'm just like, oh well, right. Like my butt had something to say about that valuable vase that was sitting on your <laughs> on your coffee table. <laughs> I always say like my butt is like a cat's paw. It's just reaching out and knocking knocking stuff over. But yeah, I I mean, it's just it's like a funny example. I can laugh about it now. But it is it is something that, you know, I'm I am. It's not as frequent now that I have to reframe my thoughts, but it still happens because those, you know, those neural pathways were 40 years in the making. And it's not like I just wake up and oh, look, I'm fixed. I'm better. So it's it's a uh, it's a moving target. Yep. And,
0: you know, self-love and self-confidence are really, they go hand in hand and uh, confidence is a big part of it. Once you feel good in your own skin and confident with who you are, you can embrace all the things about yourself, you know, and, and, and laugh about them. And, you know, you don't have to take the other approach where you're just like, oh my God, hide me.
2: Right. Right. Right you can be seen. <laughs> like, I, I mean, my butt's not, I, I could lose weight and I would still have a, a larger butt compared to the rest of my butt, just like my boobs, right? Like it's just how I'm built. I could lose weight. I could have surgery, but like the, so I can't necessarily change the size of, my, size of my butt, but I can change how I think about it. And that, I think that's just so much more satisfying is being able to change our thoughts. Because that's like, we have so much control. It's the only true freedom we have in this world is to change what we're thinking.
0: Yes, I absolutely love that. I can't change my butt, but I can change how
1: I think about it. (laughs) Well, and I I think part of the reason we want to dedicate time to helping women is because when we are empowered, when we do think good things about ourselves, there's so much there's so much that we can do. And, um, and so it's just, I think it's just really important, um, that we help women, you know, whether it's, it's, I, I think there's something inspiring with, with all of us sharing our stories in the summit. Um, but then, you know, also having some of these actual techniques, like it's inspiring to know that other women struggle and how did they get, you know, to where they are, um, even through that struggle. And then, you know, how can we help other women do the same? Because there's a real need and an opportunity for all the women out there to, to be their, their best selves. Um, there's so much good that comes when that happens. So I am personally excited and I hope everyone listening will see us at the beautiful summit. And, you know, uh, Nicole, I don't think we told everyone, but, um, they would sign up at skirtsports.com, right? Because the summit is actually powered by Skirt Sports. So if anyone wants to sign up, go to skirtsports.com. Yes. Does that sound right? Absolutely.
0: And it's on the homepage, and uh, you get all kinds of cool stuff. You get a $50 gift certificate to Skirt Sports, and the new line is coming out like right at the Oh, bottom, it's it? so
1: cute! So cute. So cute.
0: And then you also get a $20 gift certificate to Momentum. So you get all kinds of cool, inspirational energy when you're out there working out. I'm looking at my Be Fearless Mm -hmm. bracelet right now. Um, And then you get, God, you get all kinds of other things. You get a swag bag that's really sweet. You get Mm -hmm. obviously access to all of these incredible women. We've got nine killer speakers, um, and we are just so happy today to have spent some time with our final keynoter, Jill Angie, average yeah. runner. So it's, it's an incredible event. It is October 22nd and 23rd. It is virtual. And one of the big questions that people are a little confused about is they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't be there, so I can't go. Well, that's the beauty of virtual. Everything is recorded. If you can't be there or you have to take a bathroom break or run your kid off to something or go on a date during it go work out you can you can come back and listen anytime we'll keep the recordings up for a while after the um, after the summit is over so you do not have to be there to enjoy all the wonderful things you can be there on your own time which I personally really appreciate
1: yeah we don't really expect everyone to sit there for all of Friday night and Saturday, that's probably not gonna happen. But you can, you know, the schedule will be out, you can choose the parts where you want to be there. So yeah.
2: I yeah, love that you've got can... the recordings available for people like that's awesome. That's, you know, something you don't often see with this kind of thing. So that's like, a bonus.
0: Absolutely, and one of the things that you may just want to plan around if you're really excited about this part, which I know you are, Jill, because you know you're going to be all over Kara Goucher when she gets on, <laughs> is the uh, is the networking. So there is networking in between various sessions, and it's posted on the schedule, so you'll be able to network with the other women in the group, which is so cool. I love that. Cubam. I love it, too. So, Jill, as we're winding down here today, I'm gonna do a little drum roll, and maybe you can share a final wrap-up thought for today's episode. So, hold on.
2: (laughs) The pressure, oh my gosh.
0: No
1: pressure. I
2: mean, I- Let me do it again. (laughs)
0: Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on.
2: Don't believe everything you think, my friends.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. That is Perfect. power. Thank that's you.
2: Good. Yeah. Thank you both. Thank awesome. you for having me. This is fun. I'm so excited we got to do our first like three-way meetup live mm-hmm. in front of us. <laughs> I
1: <know. laughs> three-way exactly.
0: too, Jill. Um, <laughs> awesome. So fun. You guys, let's go out and get after it. Thanks for listening to the She Runs It podcast.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Ended. Oh, it's still ending.